So have you ever watched like an episode of Shark Tank and you're like, oh man, I'd really like to turn my idea into an actual thing and, you know, make money from it? Then this is the episode for you. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perf. Now let's get to it. Oh, welcome back, my Mox Besties Besties, Kate Doster of katedoster.com. And as always, I am super excited to be in your ear holes today. And this week's episode is brought to you by my two years worth of email ideas. Y'all do not have to worry about what to email your list until 2021. What? By heading on over to katedoster.com forward slash the number two and then the word years. So this week's episode is so unbelievably super special. Not only because we are talking to yet another lady of e-com. We're talking to Andrea Thomas, of course, the founder of scratchmenot.com. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but it's because I have known Andrea for honestly, it seems like forever in internet years. And she is just so unbelievably fantastic. So if you guys actually listen to episode number 96, where we talked to Adrian Walker from Miss Ecom, she talked a lot about a little bit like drop shipping. So say like you find things and you can sell it, but more so like print on demand. So she is what I like to call Ecom almost 101 and 102 because that interview was amazing. So if you wanted to offer things like, you know, little mugs or little notebooks on your site, that's definitely the episode to go ahead and list to. This is the episode if you ever thought like, oh man, I have this idea for like this widget and this thing. I wonder how I actually get it produced or I want to be able to like sell dresses, but I need to be able to do this like a mass production. This is definitely the interview for you. So I could go on and on about how amazing Andrea is. And like I said, Andrea is actually the founder of scratchmenot.com, which are sleeves that you can put on your child if they are biters, if they are scratchers, if they are thumb suckers, hair pullers, basically it keeps children safe. And she also runs an amazing coaching business for the women of econ and an excellent Facebook group that I'm a part of, even though I don't do super e-commy stuff, which is actually called Get More Sales, the ladies of e-com. And I'll go ahead and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And this week, actually, in Andrea's Facebook group, the Get More Sales Women of Ecom, your girl Kate is actually going to be talking about on Friday all the ways that you can use email marketing to build your ecom business. And this is actually leading up to an amazing course that Andrea is actually launching called Social to Sale. So if you are a bit more advanced in your e-commerce journey, say you already have an online boutique, maybe you've already gone from trying to get your manufacturing head right to now you've got to sell this bad boy, you are definitely going to want to go ahead and join the Get more sales group. So that way you can learn more about from social to sales. And if you're already like Kate, I am in, then definitely head over to bit.ly forward slash from social to sales. I'll put a link down in the show notes and I'll remind you after the interview, because trust me, after you actually hear what Andrea has to say, you're going to be like, I need more of her in my life. So in this particular episode, we are going to talk about how you can go from idea to actually getting your product made and a prototype and to what you can do if you actually think that you have to bring your manufacturing overseas. Because what a lot of us don't think of and we kind of take for granted in the island space, we're like, oh, I'll just hop on Canva to create an ebook. When you're actually selling physical goods, especially something that started as an idea for you, actually being able to source the materials to get it made, to get it back into the country can seem like a huge ordeal. And Andrea's actually going to talk about how in the early phase, she really did rely on her architectural background and honestly, her just go-to-itiveness to plow through this without a coach and an advisor. And she kind of talks about all the time that she wasted. So if you're definitely looking into creating your own physical product, chances are aligning yourself with someone that's done this before is going to save you a lot of time and aggravation. We actually go ahead and we talk about trademarking this and copywriting and patents and what questions that you can actually ask a lawyer. Because as Andrea tells you in the interview, she's like, I could have been way more protected if I just knew the right jargon and right questions to be asking. Andrea is also going to tell us how we can actually start promoting our product before we even get it created. Because as she says, most people get all excited. You know, they put the money that they have set aside to get this thing built. Maybe they get a manufacturer either overseas or domestic and then they've got no audience to sell to so she's actually going to tell us her trifecta for actually creating a sustainable e-com business and if you guys are wondering on how to get your product on the quote unquote the big a as i like to call it 
Amazon, we also touch on this as well. So I could go on and on about this interview. It was so action packed. It's a little bit longer than we usually have because, well, not a lot of people talk about e-com, especially not from starting from scratch and building something, honestly, into your own mini empire. So without further ado, let's go ahead and say hey to Andrea. All right, my inbox besties, besties. I am super excited to be welcoming Andrea to the show. Yay! Yay! I've been wanting to get her on for so long because no offense, maybe I'm just not listening to the right podcasts, but not a lot of them tend to tackle e-com, especially in a big way. So as you guys know, back in episode number 98, we actually talked to Adrian, and she talked about really the first step of getting into e-com, which is sort of that print on demand, adding some t-shirts, some fun mugs, all that juicy goodness. But this is actually kicking it up a notch. This is actually taking something from your brain and turning it into a physical product. And more importantly, getting it out in front of people. Yay! <laughs> We're talking like Shark Tank style, not necessarily getting on Shark Tank, but what you can do besides just getting on Shark Tank. So Andrea, go ahead and introduce yourself to the Inbox Besties and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. Okay, so um, Kate has done an awesome job. I am a mom of five and five kids ago, I started a company called Scratch Me Not. And I created that for a particular reason. My daughter was going through um, a bout with eczema, which means she was scratching nonstop and she was actually marring up her skin. And I could not find anything on the market to help stop the scratching aspect besides medications or mittens that would come off if the kids rubbed or pulled a little bit. And so I decided that I was going to take my architectural know-how from my previous life and apply it to my, um, my daughter and, and create a prototype for her. And I told my husband, I was like, you know what, if this works for her, then I know there's other moms uh, struggling with this, other parents struggling with this, and so I'm going to sell it. And so he saw the twinkles in my eye, and it was probably also sleep because I had a newborn, but um, <laughs> he saw, saw those twinkles, and he said, okay, go for it. And I took that leap. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no knowledge of e-commerce, and this is like before WordPress plug-and-play themes, so you really had to like figure out coding and understand who to talk to to get manufacturing set up and and local or overseas and so it was really a pioneer moment in my life that I said okay I'm going to be a mom full-time I'm going to pursue this business and see where it takes us but more importantly I was really focused on if I'm going almost insane trying to help my daughter I'm having sleepless nights almost every night because she was diagnosed with eczema. Diagnosed sounds so intense, but she had, um, you know, crazy eczema and she had a host of allergies, which some were anaphylactic. And I said, this, if other parents are going through what I'm going through, we have to help. I can't just sit here and make it for my daughter, knowing someone else across the world in my same state or whatever is going through something similar. So that's kind of how I got started, Kate. Yes. And don't worry, guys, there are links in the show notes. That way you can see the whole scratch from that line. It is so ingenious. Like you said, I see it's a little like full down like mittens and like kids like love wearing them. But it's not just mitten guys. Like you have to go ahead and check them out. You can just go to scratchmenot.com, but we'll also definitely put a link in the show notes because it's just so ingenious. And so there's so much that I want to unpack about the story. But the first, first thing I really have to know is have you always been entrepreneurial? Now I know that you said in your previous life you were in architecture. So were you very much like the corporate track or did you always sort of have that bug or did you just sort of fall into it to see babies around the world? Oh my goodness. When, when I started off in college with architecture, I wanted to, I did not want to earn a firm. I mean, own a firm. I wanted to work for a firm. And so that's, that's the track that I pursued. And I was like, whoa, this was a lot more glamorous in college than in real life. And so that's when entrepreneurship started to um, kind of, that thought started to bloom. But then I shifted into actual design with, with hospitals and, and um, secondary schools and things of that nature. And the light bulb went off. Um, at that same time, around that same time, I found out I was pregnant. And so, we were getting closer and closer to delivery and I had to make a decision of, do I want to pursue my newfound love or do I want to pursue being a stay-at-home mom? And 
I couldn't figure it out. So I told my firm that I was, I needed to take six months off instead of three to kind of think, figure it out and see how this new mom life fit on me. And uh, of course, as you can see, I never looked back, but I still <laughs> like, was like, man, I was just getting into my career. I was loving it. Uh, but at the same time, this new person's coming into existence and I didn't want to miss, miss a beat there or miss a milestone. So yeah, I, it, it, the, the seed was planted, but it didn't bloom until after she was born. I have to say that was, I mean, I didn't do architecture as you guys know, but that was very similar. It was the birth of my firstborn that really shoved me into entrepreneurship. It's just like, you can't deny who we are anymore. Like you're literally home. Now you can do it. No excuse. <laughs> yes. And there's no, so much freedom. Like there's freedom. There's no restrictions. It's, it's, I can wake up at 3am if I want to and stop working at 5am and be done for the day. So it was just like, this newfound portion of my brain was on a, like an adrenaline eye. Oh, I, <laughs> I could definitely say that. Or as I was like to say for all my webinars, especially when I have them late at night at like 9 p.m., I'm like, let's just like clear the air. Y'all are a bunch of weirdos because nobody else in the world right now <laughs> is sitting here trying to learn about list building and copywriting. Like we're just a different breed and it's just the way that we are. It's just definitely, are. definitely. So I love how you saw that your child was having a problem. And I know that you went a lot of conventional routes and you tried everything, but mm -hmm. I really just want to applaud you to be like, I bet you I can fix this better. And then just not letting it like sit in a garage or like go through your own children. So what was that process when like you realized that it was working for your child, you knew other moms were in the same thing because dealing anything with children, especially when like I've seen before and after pictures of scratch or not guys, like I've been knee deep in this business and it is transformative. The changes mm -hmm. that these, this one little product, this one little idea in your head just made. So what was that first step after you sort of made the prototype? Like, did you hand sew it yourself? Did you send it off? How did that all work? You know, that that's funny that you asked me because these hands were not made for sewing. And I am, I don't have that bug, that artsy crafty bug where you see the moms on Pinterest and they're making all these wonderful little cutesy ideas and crafts for their kids. None of that exists here. So, so I literally, um, like I was just talking to my husband. I said, you know, I don't know. I don't, is there such thing as a prototype factory? Is there a, I don't know anything. So I just happened to be talking to my husband and he said, you know, I know a seamstress who can help you. And thankfully with my, with my architecture background, I can kind of, I can visualize 3D images in my head and I can put together how it wants to, how I want it to look and draw it all out. So once I had that missing piece of finding a seamstress, now it was understanding fabrics and how they work and how they don't work and trial and error. Um, and then, you know, what works in your brain in, in drawing format doesn't work in real life. So you have to, to fix it. You have to tweak it. You have to really figure out how does fabric really function? How does seamstress, how does seamstress is, is that even a word? How do they even sew the pieces together to make it do what you want it to do? And more importantly, because this is a product for children with um, itchy skin, I have to make sure that none of the seams, none of the anything adds to the problem. Yeah. Um, so it was really, uh, I guess, R&D, just research and development, figuring it out, trial and error. Like I was at I was at Joanne Fabrics, just mm -hmm. touching fabrics to just embed those feelings in my brain. So when I went back home and I started getting on AutoCAD and I started to draw out my ideas and print them and talk to them, I could be more educated in what is involved with it. So when they say, okay, you need to go over here and you need to get this silk and you need to get a certain type of silk, I now remember how it feels in my head. Remember, is it two-sided? Is it one-sided? There's just so many different pieces of the puzzle. And then here's the part that threw me off was, okay, you have a prototype, but there's a difference between someone creating the prototype versus someone sewing it versus mass production. And so really? you have to go through this process kind of again, some aspects of it to make sure that it can be mass produced because you know, one person making one product, they can take two hours to make it. But um, when you're doing mass production, they break it into pieces and everyone is touching a different part. So it was definitely a learning curve. And that's just making the product. We haven't got to the marketing side or, <laughs> or finding people. So that takes a lot of dedication, I would think, and a lot of time and money and you've got this baby. So I'm guessing that her prototype, like how many did you actually go through 
on your first daughter trying to actually get it to work? You know, I, okay, so we, I spoke to her, her physician, her pediatrician around two months, and she told me that um, there's really no itch factor in a child until six months. And so I, w- I had to figure out what to do between then. So it was, you know, piecemealing products and taping them together and sewing them together and, and seeing how that's going to work. And then um, now I'm moving forward and she's a little bit older, a few months old. Now I have an actual prototype. So we tested on fabric that we won't even use just to see if it functions properly. So that was a few rounds. And then we tried it on the actual um, fabrics to see how that would work. And then we had to let my daughter test it and that takes its time. So testing it involved her chewing on it and washing it and pulling on it. And so I can't even count how many rounds we went through for each stage, but I definitely have the pictures and the progression um, of what we were, what we were doing, what we're accomplishing. And I had to become a student of my child and really watch her from a different lens. You know, when at first it's like, oh, you're cute, you're adorable, you're crying, what do you need? But now it's also, you know, the, it's slipping off the shoulders. It's uh, not flipping right. Or you can't open your hands. You can't use your hands correctly. So I have to be in tune with how she naturally functioned as well as those mommy cues. Uh, you know, oh, it's time to nurse you again. <laughs> so did that answer your question or did I get really rambly? <laughs> no, I did not get really rambly at all. I think that it is really, really interesting, like you said. And I think that why this product is one that I stand behind so much is because like you said, you had to look at even developmental milestones of children because it's very important for kids to be able to grip and when you just put say like a standard mitten on there because you don't want them to itch themselves when now they can't grip anything now they can't turn anything now they can't pick stuff up and for little children and that's why I kind of wanted to applaud you a lot especially for having your product your econ product from scratch if you will being in the children industry must have been like that added level because I'm sure there's like safety concerns oh my goodness (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's so many different levels. It's it's just so many different levels because when when you think of an idea in your head, it's so simplistic. You know, I just want to create a product to help the solution, but then there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of you know doctors. I have to get you know talk to doctors, and and some of them disagree with the product, and some of them didn't, and some of them loved it, and some of them were like, oh, it's 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 um it's definitely enabling and helping their fine motor skill development. And some were like, I don't like mittens at all. And I'm like, it's not a mitten. So <laughs> it isn't for the record guys. You'll see yeah. when you go to the website. Yeah. So it was, and, and then, you know, on a, on a legal level, you know, anytime you make a product for a child, there's a, there's another level of red tape that you have to cross through to make sure that it's safe. And so I, there was a lot of different pieces of the puzzle that when I first started out, I did not anticipate working through all of those different areas and even now I'm surprised that I I just kind of figured it out and I I feel like God put the right people in the right place to give me part of those next steps because man there was there I didn't really have a true coach to walk me through it this is this is really me just sitting down googling baby on hip walking into places out of places asking for referrals so the list goes on and on Oh, I am, you all know, like, I'm a huge proponent of coaching. I feel like, like, it would have made your life so, so much easier. So you had touched a little bit about the whole process, about you had the ideas, you had the prototypes, and we'll definitely talk about mass shipping, because I know that's what a lot of you guys have questions about, especially when you want to create e-commerce out of something out of your own brain or something even on a larger scale than just sort of print on demand. But you had mentioned stuff about legal, like, did legal actually, like, trademarks and like patents and stuff do you have to like handle all of that and like have a legal team or did you like wait like how does that whole aspect work oh my goodness that is um it's an interesting thing because legal has their own terminology their own language and so so i would call the actual government agencies and i would ask them questions about the product and they would give me vague answers on purpose and that was to protect themselves not necessarily protect Mm -hmm. me and so they're like, you know, talk to your legal aid, your legal counsel. When were you starting off with a, 
a new business and limited funding, a legal counsel can be extremely, extremely expensive. And so you have to be strategic on which questions to ask and because you only have small windows of free time. Um, So definitely got the, the trademarks and the legal aspect in place. It was definitely trial and error because I had to navigate through those muddy waters of, of just legalese. No, oh, man. <laughs> now I can definitely see why it'd be so much nicer if you just be like to somebody, um, what do I say to these people? Because like yeah. having a coach or something that, that's actually done this before, they can tell you the right questions to ask. So that way, when you go in the meeting, like you said, even just about the fabrics, you feel educated, you feel empowered. You're not literally wasting your time and your money barking up the wrong tree. Right. And they're there to make money like you. So you, we, we have to pre-educate ourselves so we ask the right questions because if you're just rambly or you're just you know wanting to pick your brain they're going to simply say no refer you to someone else and you're going to have that revolving door where you feel like you're not getting anywhere so um there's there's lots of questions to to ask and prepare yourself and so so you can be strategic with your time as well because you know the longer you take figuring out this this back end the longer it takes for someone else to change their life through your product yeah, and that's, that's no bueno. We're definitely going to talk about how to get it in the hands of more people. So for your clients, the one that you um, help get the stores with, I know you're more the scaling, the marketing type, but mm-hmm. what type of lawyer do you recommend that somebody goes to? Like, is there a certain kind that they need to go to? Yes, yes. So, and it, and, and there's several, there's several, there's several lawyers. So if you are wanting to get a patent or a trademark, you would need to go to a patenting lawyer, trademark lawyer, of course, not a general lawyer, um, but someone who specifically knows how to research and see what has already been done. So you don't waste money because they have to do a lot of research in advance to see, you know, if if that product has been patented in some way, form or fashion, um, and they know which patents to, uh, to pursue and which trademarks you need. Uh, You can do some of that on your own too. You can DIY it. I did a little bit of DIY. And it saved me some money, but it also lost me some time because when, when I got legal help, I realized I missed the piece and I could have been, um, could have been protected in, a, in additional ways um, simply by doing one more form. And so, you know, with the government, they got 3 million forms. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, now we're in the U.S., we just say for everyone, nor yeah, are we lawyers, yeah. but we just want to arm you guys with the best possible route for these things. Yes, I mean, yes. Good you get all that fire and excitement, but then like you smack that wall, like you said, like the lawyers and the not knowing and, and talking to people. So we just want to keep you guys like motivated and going and all, all of that juicy goodness. So we went ahead we got our prototype. We have our legal on point. So how did you find like your distributors? Like, was it just like local? Like I know you're in the U S or mm-hmm. in a contact and it hooked you up with somebody overseas. Like when we're actually ready to get this in front of the hands of more people, how can we do that? Yes. Um, so the funny thing about manufacturing is that mom and pop shops don't have websites. So (laughs) that makes it really, really tricky. So what you do is you just follow the paper trail. So there's different processes and this is really mostly if you actually, it's, it's pretty general, but this more specific for, um, when you're building something like this clothing or you can put on a child, but you have a cutter and a sewer and usually the cutter knows a bunch of sewers. And so you kind of work your way backwards and you have to have a pattern maker. So you can go to those different sources and some of them are more Googleable than others to ask them, who do you recommend? And so when I started, I started off local because remember I told you, I don't sew. I even tried to take a sewing class and that was a disaster. Um, so the, um, I started local and then I hit a wall because they weren't able to turn out what I needed. And so at that point I had to make a decision. Do I find um, someone else who is, who is in the US domestic wise or do I shift overseas? And that was definitely a fork in the road because mm-hmm. my, my clients, I have to keep my customers in mind and my customers have sensitive skin, they have health needs and so on. So I need a particular fabric. I need, um, I need to make sure that it's sustainable for our brand's sake, because our brand has its own, own um, image as well. And, and I wanna make sure that it's safe for the kids. And so at that fork in the road, I had to make a decision, but I also had to be a business. So some of those decisions were expensive. And I said, okay, if I make these decisions and I, and I stay, I go to the right, it's going to be the best of the best and it's going to be um, 
and I guess the crumb of the crop, but it's gonna cut into my profit and can I run as a business this way? Um, and then there's the, so I ended up uh, shifting from domestic to offshore uh, production. And there was a few reasons why. Uh, I was making a larger imprint on the environment simply because a lot of my uh, fabrics were being imported in. And so I was paying a marked up price for it. I was, you know, there's just uh -huh. so many, so many pieces of the, the puzzle that I learned on the go. And so when I shifted overseas, it made more sense economically, it made more sense um, for the environmental impact, it made more sense for my customers, and it made more sense for um, a business to stay a business. <laughs> yeah, right. So did you have to like, physically like go overseas and tour factories? Or like, at this point, did you like know people who know people? Like, how did you even find it? Because it seems like it was quite a bit of parts. Yes, um, this was before Alibaba. <laughs> or when oh, Alibaba explain, started. Can you explain what Alibaba is just in case the people can't remember? Yeah, sorry. I, um, I, I thank you for catching me. Sometimes I do talk in, um, talk in e-commerce uh, language. <laughs> we talked about, I think, a very tiny, tiny bit in Adrian's episode, and we'll go ahead and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But yeah. since that wasn't what we were talking about, like, so much, we're like, well, We'll kind of reel it back in. That was kind of like 101. Like I said, this is like, you know, two, two, 300 level e-com is what we're talking today. So what's Alibaba? Yeah. So Alibaba is basically the Amazon of everything. So manufacturers, people selling things wholesale, um, bulk orders, and it's from people all over the world. And you can go there and you can source your products for drop shipping. You can source your products for manufacturing. You can start sending specs and things of that nature. And it's a great place to um, navigate if you're considering manufacturing um, overseas, especially. And you, there's there's definitely just like with anything, uh, you have to ask the right questions, make sure you're not being scammed, things of that nature. So you actually get what you purchased, or you get product in the mail versus just sending money one sided, not getting anything. Um, so, but this is before this this hub came to be. So by then, I had been networking with so many types of people that I was able to ask around and figure out um, who to work with um, overseas. And I had a couple of choices and, you know, kind of worked through that process of who's going to win my, my um, services, my, yeah, my services. So yeah, who's, who's going to become, who am I, whose client am I going to become basically? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I got started. I, I sent off things to two different production manufacturers and, just wanted to see who can give me the best price and who could, who was listening to my instructions, who was responding properly, um, promptly and properly. Because anytime you're talking to someone overseas whose primary language is not English, there's some language barriers. So mm -hmm. it's a learning curve on both sides. Um, and then do I want to use a third party where someone speaks to the manufacturer on my behalf or do I want to speak directly to them? And so there's, a, there's some different things to navigate um, as well as it's time to get your product into the U.S. or whichever country you want. So how do you import this in? How do you get past customs? Um, it's, it is definitely, if you love using your brain, if you love, if you love your brain to be challenged, it's not if you love using mm -hmm. your brain, if you love your brain to be challenged, this gives you like a kind of high, then it's, yeah. it was like right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that we had talked about this um, before. It's like our brains would literally go to mush if we didn't do this. Like oh love goodness, our yes. kids and we love being a mom, but like, I can't, and like you said, not crafty at all. So like making like elaborate, like rose, like apples and stuff. So the kids will eat it. It's not up our yes. alley. Like, oh my goodness. Problems solve our business to run and we are on it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I look, I, you know, I, this weekend I made my kids, um, some Play-Doh and I felt like so accomplished. It Whoa. had like four ingredients and I was like, I did it. <laughs> I make my husband do all that. <laughs> yes. Normally he does do some of it, but I was like, I'm going to do it. We're going to make it. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah. Uh, oh, and throughout this, a whole process, um, did any other children come along? Because Andrea's got five and they're super adorable. So I know we started with child number one, like is two and three around? Like, are you doing this pregnant again? Or was there a little bit of expand in between? Oh my goodness. So my kids are two to three years apart. Uh, and so, yes, it was, it was, I was always with child or pregnant or nursing <laughs> or something. So never did I get those, you know, the, that premium 
five to eight hours of straight working or none, none of that, none of that. But, but, you know, that's kind of entrepreneurship. I feel like is for crazy people, people that just don't navigate yes. on the grid. And so it gave <laughs> me life. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant, nine months pregnant and going through contractions and I'm um, getting a product ready to be shipped. And my husband's like, aren't you, shouldn't we go to the hospital right now? And I'm like, just hold on. You know, it's just, we're just having contractions two, three minutes apart. I know we got a little bit longer to go. I just want to make sure that I get this order processed before we move on because, you know, I'm going to have to have some time to sleep and rest. And he's like, how are you functioning like this right now? And I'm like, you know what? It's keeping my mind off of the contractions. And then I would stop talking because a contraction would come. And I said, okay, give me, just give me three more minutes. You just go pack and then I'm ready. <laughs> story of my life that's why I'm laughing literally for I mean, like, I just need zero minutes I like we're taking a vacation and it's like I have to unplug for like four or five days I'm like I love you guys so much I'm like I can't not like it's uh it's not a burnout it's just I can't I can't help it so yeah. I know we talked a lot a lot about the early stages because I know that there's a lot of questions about that but I do want to flash forward so we went ahead we got our manufacturing we dealt with what was it like tariffs and import taxes and all of that juicy goodness yes how would you suggest that we start actually getting some product actually out into the hands of those people who need it oh my goodness so this is this is such an interesting thing because if at first i tried to compartmentalize everything you do one thing at a time and i quickly realized that businesses that you own don't work that way. We don't get the luxury of clocking in, doing a set of tasks and clocking out and being done. So I really had to map it out and say, okay, what's needed under manufacturing? What's needed for my website? Do I even have an audience to sell this thing to? Because when I started, I did not. I knew nothing about curating and creating my own tribe, my own audience. And so I was so focused on making the product because like, like you could hear, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, so today, as soon as you have an idea that you're actually going to move forward with, definitely begin to create and build a list um, in an email list that is your asset. Um, but you can create that on other people's platforms. And that is social media, that is getting interviews and podcasts, that is um, getting, getting yourself being known, not around your product per se, but around the topics that your products um, hits for pain points and begin to just have conversations and engage and truly understand what your audience needs. And I feel like a lot of people rush past that because it's not the glamorous side. It's not the, you know, going to go to China and or, or you know, going to manufacturer and, and quality assurance and quality control and checking products to make sure that they actually are working. It's not the glamorous side at all, but it really is a key point to put a lot of emphasis on if you want to actually sell your product. Um, I've seen so many people have great ideas and great products and it flops because they did not create an audience to sell it to. Um, so definitely, I guess I focus on the ultimate trifecta, which is having a place where you can sell your own products. That's number one. Number it's not like two, an Etsy or anything like that? No, not an Etsy, anything like that. Um, number two is selling your product or positioning your product on a third-party platform. Um, and that could be an Etsy, that could be Instagram, that could be anything where you are selling or positioning because they have their own built-in audiences that you can um, utilize. And then the third area is getting people off of your website and off of that third-party platform to create your own audience that you can talk to anytime you want, whether Facebook shuts down for a day, whether Instagram right. is acting right. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, I'll like going to China. Like, these are great Instagram stories. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, you, here's the thing. When, when a, few, a couple days ago, Facebook shut down and people were panicking like crazy checking Facebook every 25 seconds to see if it was going to refresh and reboot. All right. Stories weren't loading. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's I'm like, that's why I got up an email list. I think the first time we launched uh, love your list this year, guys, back in March, I was literally in the middle of the early word launch and that's when all that stuff died. I'm like, but I'm still emailing you and I'm still getting payment notifications. This is why yes. And that's how you get the sleep money. It's because when life happens, social media and so on, 
you can make sales whenever you want because you can talk to your people whenever you want. So that's why um, I really focus on that trifecta with my clients. I focus on that with myself. Um, and But here's the part people don't like. It takes time. <laughs> it takes consistency. Time and, and consistency. Yes, that part that we don't like. We don't like those two. Um, and, and, you know, you can, you can use Facebook ads for that third party. You can, you can do whatever you want to do there. Um, but whatever you're going to, whatever you're going to do is going to take time, energy, and or money. And if you're if it's not going to take you money, it's going to take you a whole lot of time. So, um, people love those, you know, those high successes. They love to hear about the $20,000 sales days, love hearing about, you know, how you got this award or how you're deemed as, you know, the Forbes 40 under 40 or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. but they hate the part of getting there. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, why can't someone just find me and blow me up? Hey, why can't I just go viral with Oprah's <laughs> favorite things, right? Like, why aren't I Oprah's favorite things? Like, that's all I need. <laughs> Come on, I'm like better than $400 bed sheets. <laughs> there you go. And then you know what? Those are all things that, that we should still be positioning ourselves for, um, but just not banking on it to be our ride to success. So I, I love how you're taking that three-pronged approach of actually having your own place, your own site, but also, like you said, utilizing those other platforms. So I know that we're a little, running a little short on time. This can be probably a longer episode because there's just so much to talk about because I feel like no one talks about e-com. Everyone just talks really about info products in this space. Yeah. I really do think yeah. that we need to kind of go over that whole thing, but I would love to talk about getting on the big A, Amazon. Like, can you do that? Like, do you need to have like a track record or like, does it hurt sales if you're on Amazon and you have your own site or any, anything no. that you want to kind of share around that? Man, Amazon is such an amazing place. Um, you can see they're taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're growing In every aspect of our lives, whether we know it or not. Um, and so, yes, I think you can definitely DIY Amazon. It, I think it's a great platform to be on if your customers are there and you have to do research to determine that. So um, even, even premium products are on Amazon. So I, th I think there's room for almost everyone and they've just opened up even a, a handmade section of Amazon as well. Um, the, just like any other platform, whether you're on Etsy or eBay or Amazon, you're going to have to take some time to either understand it and figure out how to get seen or hire someone to do that for you. And, and both of those are fine, um, but I definitely recommend that you at least do it by yourself first so that you understand how Amazon works and you understand what works, what, what gets you seen and what gets your products sold. Um, it's definitely a competitive place. However, if you have a unique product, um, competition doesn't really matter. If you have a unique product or you're selling products, I mean, let me, let me, let me make it, make it plain and make it simple. I saw about two months ago, someone doing $230 million in sales in one day on Amazon and they're selling products that we buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just like one product. It's not like scratch no. where that's like a pile. It's like, toothpaste? Or it's like a plethora of products that we buy okay. every day. Um, and then I see, I see people selling, you know, people like me, people like Kate, um, who have invested time and energy into Amazon, who um, can create $10,000, $20,000 in sales a month. Um, it is, but it's just a matter of figuring out trial and error, what works and what doesn't work. Um, when I started on Amazon, I was working with a third party who was selling on our behalf. And we were selling like 10 units a week. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to try Amazon out, test it out, see how it works. And I was kind of, I was really new. So I trusted someone to do it and they got us 10 sales a week. And I'm like, okay, that's 10 sales we didn't have before. Um, as time went on, I said, you know what, let me just see if I can do it myself. So I um, opened up my own Amazon account and started to see uh, those, that 10 units a week grow to 10 units a day. And I was like, hmm, I'm onto something here. And so I worked with someone who understood how Amazon worked and gave me the ins and outs for their SEO and their ads and so on. And we were able to grow that substantially to where we were doing um, several hundreds um, of units and sales a month. And um, I don't like sharing all my numbers, but it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. To the point where you got sold out and Amazon was like, how dare you sell out all your stuff? We want to yes. sell more. 
Yes. And you know, Amazon is a beast. They want to get paid. And so if you sell out on Amazon, that's not a good thing. It's good for your business for a moment, but it's, Amazon wants consistency. So um, it's definitely something to understand. I, I look at any third party platform as a moody spouse. Yes. <laughs> you love my husband. Sometimes I'm giggling. <laughs> yes, it's it's and it goes both ways. It could be the wife, it could be the husband, but they love you and they care for you and they love watching you bloom into this awesome thing. But if you cross them wrong, it's like a woman scorned. And so <laughs> Amazon has a way of saying, hey, this is still our platform um, and you have to abide by these standards. And if you don't, they will shut your um, account down. They will put you in Amazon jail, which goes back to the trifecta of always having your own place to yeah. sell your product. So in the event that anything happens with one of your streams of sales, you can always drive traffic back to your website um, and not take such a huge hit um, because you're missing all your sales because you you made all your um, sales in on a third party platform. I hope that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I, like I said, I love absolutely everything that you're talking about. Um, not just the fact that, you know, Andrea told you guys to get an email list and you all know that that's my jam, but to actually build up some anticipation for your product to bring people along in the process. I think that right now everyone just thinks, oh, everyone just wants like cheap, 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 cheap. But I do feel like we're sort of turning and cultivating into we do want to support more mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. We do, especially when it comes to dealing with child or children with allergies, like you want to know the process behind it. Like, yeah, success stories are nice, but it's so nice you can kind of take people along the journey. And something like, you know, an Instagram account where it's very visual, like show people your process, tell mm -hmm. your friends about it. You know, if you don't have the time to research hashtags, in your general field. And that's where I think it really boils down to is knowing the ideal client. Like you said on Amazon, you need to make sure that people are actually buying on Amazon. Yes. Or they would even know like what to search for. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's just so smart indeed. So before we wrap up and you give your final words of wisdom, this year in Inbox Besties, we're trying to show that it's not all sunshines and rainbows in businesses. I mean, it's really easy to know that you make six figures plus, which is true, while having five kids, while writing a book, which we didn't even get to talk about, guys. So probably in my outro, I'll tell you guys a little bit more, but like Andrea is like doing really big things. She's helping a lot of people, not just her clients. But the way I like to think of it, and this is why I love coaching, is like, I'm not just helping my clients, I'm helping their clients and their audiences. It's just like, it's so cool when you look at like the tertiary or quadrucellary, I guess, effect that you can have. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, like I'm helping somebody show someone how to fast. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, now their body weight is going down to so now they're more confident. Now like their family life is getting better. And now, you know what I mean? It's a trickle effect. It's just amazing. But what was a moment in time, whether it was when you were first starting out and actually getting your products created, whether it was going overseas or even now as you're scaling, because you were having a lot of the growing pains of your product did take off. It is amazing. I've never read a bad review about it ever. So then like you run out of them and it takes a little bit of time to get them created. So yeah. out of that whole span of being super successful to starting out at like the kitchen table thinking, can you take us back to a moment where you're just like, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to happen anymore. Like I'm about ready to throw in the towel. Yes. I think, I think at every level, every new level, I have that thought. <laughs> every new, <laughs> new I level, Why can't I, I just thought. work at McDonald's? Can't I just hit program to do that? <laughs> the simplicity, the simplicity, right? Of just clocking in and clocking out and, and having a small set of tasks and being successful at it. I mean, I, I, I love, I love, people that work, people that are entrepreneurs. And like I said, if you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of on the crazy side. Um, but one thing that, that comes out, that comes to mind, is, and there's a, there's a few that come to mind, um, is that I was shifting for the first time from local manufacturing to um, overseas production. And I had been working with, I just selected the person, the company that I wanted to work with, and they were really responsive, gave me great insight, step by step with the process, sent samples, sent fabric swatches, everything. And remember, I told you that I don't, I don't understand textiles I, and when I first started. And so I'm kind of learning along the way. And I wanted to do our own custom print. For the first time, I, we, had a, we had a good profit account. We had um, the business sales were going great. And so I said, you know, I want to have a custom um, account because I, I can now decide 
what our fabrics will be made of, the level of um, organic that can be involved, and so on and so forth. Got the swatches, loved them, sent it off to production, went through that whole uh, manufacturing process. The product is coming to the US, and I am elated because for the first time, we went from selling, I mean, from, from ordering, you know, five, 600 units to now 3,000. And so that's like a big jump, um, jump for me at that time. And so the product gets here and it all gets shipped to my house because I wanted to touch it all. And so these boxes are stacking up in my front door. Now they're starting to get on the wall. There's just making a big circle around the house. And I open them up to look at, you know, the two colors that we made. And I open it up, started to fill the, the fabrics and it was hard and crispy and I, I couldn't understand what, what happened. And so I looked at the, um, the swatches and they felt the same. And I realized the swatch was so small, I didn't have enough to create a sample of it before I said go. And so now I have 3000 units of extra heavy duty fabric that can still be used, but it does not align with our original product. And so I, you know, manufacturing, when you're actually carrying inventory, you're not doing drop shipping, it is a chunk of money. And so there was no second account somewhere. There was no Swiss uh, Alps, Alps <laughs> account <laughs> that I could just, you know, lock into. So there took some marketing and that was, that was when my creative brain started working and I started testing it on my daughter to see how it would work, um, how she responded to it and so on. And then I, I talked to a few marketing experts as well to figure out how can I navigate this? Because I, I want to be able to provide, mind you, I had pre-orders lined up. Like mm -hmm. I did everything right. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And I was oh like, like, what were you thinking at that point in time? Like, how were you feeling? I wanted to lay down in a fetal position somewhere and just cry. Like I just, yeah. it was, it was one of those, a high that, and a few seconds later, you have the exact opposite low, like you learned in psychology one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And you know, like I'm not typically a crier, but I know I probably had like 14 nights of crying <laughs> trying to figure out how to work, how to work magic on this. And it actually worked out extremely well because we, we, um, angled it as a product that was that was geared towards extreme heavy duty scratching and so we let them know that this is the product that is going to be um you know have thicker fabric it's going to be more durable things of that nature and so all the marketing tactics that i had learned over the time and had been um, talking with other professionals with as well came into fruition so when people received our old product and a new product in the same order they weren't caught off guard um, so, but that took, oh my goodness, it took some like, you know, you, you, when sometimes you just, you're so um, confused and frustrated about your decision, you can't sleep at night. So yeah. a lot of those sleepless nights, I was just thinking, how can I fix this? How can I resolve this? Because the manufacturer didn't do anything wrong. I approved everything. I just um, had some oversight that I had to figure out how to work and, and, and maneuver. Oh no. Was it, was it at least fabric that was still okay for sensitive skin? Like your daughter didn't have a reaction to it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. She had no reactions to it. It actually worked extremely well, um, considering the level of scratching that she was doing. And, and it was only one portion of the, the, um, the product itself. Like okay. everything that rests on her skin was smooth and, and okay. soft and comfortable. It was the mitten portion that on the um on the inside that was hard and that was okay it wasn't hard i would just say it was just it was much thicker and oh, yeah, um, than what i wanted it to be well i yeah. like that too and it wasn't just for scratching too i know yours is also great for hair pulling and thumb sucking and all that whole myriad yeah. of stuff and so that's actually and we don't have time to talk about it today but that's actually finding multiple angles and multiple uses for our product and not just being like, it's a one trick pony. It's like, no, you can use it this way. You can use it that way. You can use it that way. And that is so awesome. Oh, thank you so, so much for this interview. I feel like we could definitely have like a part two, three, four, five. <laughs> barely scratch the surface of the marketing. And I know that's really your zone. So we might definitely have to have you back to talk about that a little bit more. But where can people go ahead and reach out to you and talk to you? I know that you're writing this book. So I don't know if you're even taking one-on-one -on -one clients, but just 
tell us where we can get more into your world because finally somebody who gets e-com. Yes. Yes. So you can reach me at the next six figures.com. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter how you spell it. That's where you'll learn about me. You'll actually be able to, to take a little quiz to see where are you in your business? Are you still um, in the beginning phases? Are you kind of ready to transition into scaling? So that'll really help you uh, navigate that and you'll get a resource depending on where you are that can help you take it to the next level. That is awesome. And just because I know, because I mean, I stalk Andrea because one of the number one questions I always get is like e-com email. And I'm like, well, it's like, I've got somebody that we worked on it with. So we'll chat about it. But can you let them know about your Facebook group? Because that yes. is just such a valuable resource. Yes. Yeah, so the, um, the Facebook group is called uh, Get More Sales. And it's a free group where I do some quick five minute trainings as well as diving a little bit deeper to help you uh, really dive in on that, that um, ultimate trifecta we talked about earlier. And the reason why I did five minute trainings is because I'm a mom on the go. And sometimes those one hour, two hour webinars didn't fit into my schedule. And I wanted to make sure that they were implementable, implementable and you would take action and get things done within your business. And so I do it two ways where you can do the long version or you can just go straight to the, how do I get this done? And I so, that. yeah, that's just to get more sales, uh, free Facebook group. Excellent. And if somebody goes ahead and they takes the quiz, they'll be invited to join the Facebook group Definitely. as well. So that way they can just do both guys. We'll put a link to both of them in there, but I absolutely love that. Like I said, it's so nice to be able to talk to someone who does like the whole facet from the brain, from the marketing. And you're not just like, yeah, I made this stuff. Kickstarter wasn't a thing. So I got nothing. Like, it's so amazing. Thank you so, so much for your time. And like I said, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I really hope this is, this is helping others um, in their, in their journey. And, and if not letting people know what's coming down the pipeline, should they have an idea? Yeah, right. Just so you know, success can have its growing pains. <laughs> yes. Yes, it can. But we'll take them every day. We'll take them every day. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. All right, besties. So I know I say this at the end of like every interview, but I know for a fact that we are definitely going to have to have Andrea back on the show because we didn't even scratch the surface of how do we actually market and e-com product. How do we create those brand evangelists? Like how did everyone all of a sudden like only want like Tom's shoes? How did this get out into the world? So we're definitely going to have her back to talk about how to actually market and scale your product-based businesses and shops. But if you cannot wait for part two, part three, because honestly, Andrea is a very busy lady. I gotta be quite honest with you, with all of her one-on-one -on -one clients, her new group coaching program, which I wanted to tell you about in a second. She's a very busy lady. So we're definitely gonna make sure we get her on the show. But if you're already ready, settled in your e-com business, perhaps you have your online boutique all going ahead and ready to go, I want you to make sure that you go ahead and join Andrea's Women of Ecom Facebook group. I went ahead and put a link in the show notes, like the third one there, especially this week, the week of August 14th, if you're listening to this live in 2019, because Andrea is having a whole bunch of amazing free live content, all leading to the sort of enrollment period for her group coaching program that is going to be starting in August, all about how to get more sales from social, which of course you guys can find out more information by heading on over to bit.ly forward slash sales from social. There's a link in the show notes. But again, make sure you join that Facebook group and you'll be able to actually take her really cool quiz that she has set up through Facebook Messenger. And remember guys, if you enjoy this episode and if you're listening this far, I'm gonna assume you actually are and you're probably a bestie bestie for life. Go ahead and take a screenshot. Make sure you go ahead and tag me K underscore Doster and Andrea as well. I'm gonna go ahead and put our Instagram handle as well. Let us know any takeaways. Let me know if you wanna hear her again so we can talk about scaling your e-com business. And I will see you guys on Monday for your next Double Dog Dare.